swimmers, and welcome to another episode of Torpedo Swim Talk podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Sperling, and each week I talk to a master swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. Master swimming is exploding in popularity all over the world, and its links with FINA are becoming more solidified all the time. Our guest today is the new chairperson of the FINA Masters Committee, Nadine Day, herself a passionate master swimmer and past president of US Master Swimming. Let's hear all about Nadine's swimming journey and her insights into how FINA Masters is tracking. Hi, Nadine. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Nice to have you invite me to this podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Where are you based in the U.S.? I live in Danville, Illinois. It's around three hours south of Chicago, but it's only an hour, 15 minutes from Indianapolis. So I'm in central Illinois. Oh, nice. Did you did you grow up there? No, I'm actually from Hawaii. And I went to college in Illinois at Northwestern. And I ended up staying here. <laughs> oh, nice. And have you still got family back in Hawaii? Yes, all my family's still back in Hawaii. Oh, wow. How many times a year do you make it out there to see them? Well, I try to go at least a couple times a year with COVID that sort of was delayed. But I have been back a few times during this time because all my family's there. And I just went back for the Junior Pan Packs. So that was exciting. Yes. Oh, was that with your daughter? Yes, it was with my daughter. And actually, the pool that they held, the Junior Pen Packs, was named in honor of my brother. Oh, really? Wow. Was a congressman for Hawaii, and he was also a swimmer. And so they dedicated the pool in his honor. He passed away from pancreatic cancer. Oh, I'm so very sorry to hear 15. that. Yes. Wow. Oh, well, that's a, lo- that's a lovely tribute to him then. Yeah, so it was the first international meet at that pool wow. since the renaming of the pool. Yes. So it was a nice honor, and it was great to see um, Australia was there. Yes. That was nice. Japan, <laughs> Canada, the U.S., and Samoa was there. Yes. Um, can't remember. There was three other countries that were there, too. It was It was a very nice event right before the Junior Worlds. So it was nice. exciting be the future of swimming yeah lovely how, how old's your daughter she's 13 yes. she only swims summer league but she likes to swim there's no usa team in my area right so that's the challenge there and she plays basketball volleyball and does summer league swimming okay oh she sounds like she's very busy keeps you on your toes <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. when did you get your last swim in when I was in Medellin, Colombia, this past summer. Yes. So when I got back, I was straight into high school coaching. So with that said, I don't get to swim much in the fall here. Um, I'll start up when swimming finishes for the high school girls in three to four weeks. So I dedicate my time to them and coach them. And then I also work as a physiotherapist here in the States. So I have a private practice with my husband. So that keeps me busy in addition to all my volunteer work. I bet. Wow. My gosh, you sound so busy. I don't know how you do it all. (laughs) 
we've got so much to chat about today because as you mentioned um you're a physiotherapist as well as a master swimmer and you're you've just recently become involved with fina so i want to touch on all that but first of all tell us how you got involved in master swimming well it started in the 90s i was coaching high school and one of my girls actually she was a senior at that time was in a car accident she fractured her pelvis, her ribs and everything. And her goal was to be able to swim her senior year. And so with that said, she said, you need to get in and swim with me. <laughs> so then I started swimming with her and then found out her two older sisters went to Kenyan, swam, and they also had masters. I'm like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and she's like, it's something you can do and you'll probably like it because you swam all your life. And so I looked it up and went to my first meet within six months of it in Chicago wow. and started swimming from there. Got to see a lot of people that I knew when I was younger and swimming. The culture of swimming is so close knit that you everybody knows everybody and they're so welcoming. And it's a lifelong sport that I actually missed. Um, so I took off a decade after college, after competitive swimming as a youngster and came back to it. But at first I was coaching. I never stay away from it. So you, you swam at Northwestern? Yes. Um, at college? Yeah. And were you on a swimming scholarship there or did you go on an academic? Um, I was on a swimming scholarship. Okay. So what was that experience like? Um, it was different for me in the sense that I got injured my freshman year. <laughs> Oh, no. What was your injury? Yeah, I injured my back and it's still, I have issues with it still. Um, I was living in the weight room at the time. But, you know, when you're 18 years old, you feel like you're invincible. And I kept trying to swim and trying to swim until the point where it hurt to even swim and breathe and walk. I was actually more comfortable in the water than I was on land. And actually, that's what got me into physical therapy as a profession, because I did a lot of physical therapy from my freshman year to my senior year. So I had quite a few injuries. I had shoulder surgery while I was in college, too. So that kept me in therapy a lot. I can understand why you should pursue that as your professional life, too, because you, you get so involved in figuring out how to repair your body and get back to what you love. Yes, yes. And I have some empathy for some of my patients and my swimmers when they have injuries. But having the background in the biomechanics yeah. uh, for physical therapy and the coaching background has helped me a lot with coaching various swimmers back from injury and also trying to prevent injury yeah. in most cases. Yes, yeah. You mentioned um, that you, you won't hop back in the water until your high school girls are finished. Is there a master's club in your town or do you have to travel somewhere for that? Do you train alone? What's your your sort of training scene? Yes, um, we did have a master's program in my town and it was sort of disbanded locally. We were not let back into the pool and I was coaching at the time. Um, so the closest master's program, well, I actually swim for India Aquatics, which is an hour 15 to an hour and 45 minutes away. So I usually try to get over there once a month and swim with the group. And I try to do that more often in the summers and stuff. 
I love to travel for meets. That's my social outlet. And that's basically how I train. <laughs> I go, I just show up and that's my workout. Um, think about it. It is a good workout, a good lactate workout doing those things. And I get to see my friends from all over the nation and which is nice to do. So that's my training mostly is going to meet <laughs> and meet everybody and trying to get some pull time in. But um, there's some closer, but I like the atmosphere in Indianapolis and I have longtime friends that are there and we get to go to meets and travel and some on relays. So that's the fun part about that. That's the fun part, yes. Yeah, actually, I've got a, a relay meet coming up this weekend. Um, <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't done a lot of swimming this year. I've had a few patchy in and out of the water with a few things. And um, yes, but it will be so much fun to see everyone. Um, I'm not swimming fast at all, but it's going to be great to be there. Well, see, that's the nice thing about masters. It's not how fast you are. There are a small, small per percentage that are very competitive, but it's about staying healthy through your lifetime and keeping in a sport that you love. It's not just about the competition. Competitions are fun, but, it, you know, to see people, you're like, oh, I'm going to see so-and-so again, you know, next year at Worlds. And, you know, you only see them every other year. And that's, you know, the camaraderie we have and the friendships that we form. And it's fun and we stay fit. You know, and it's one of the best activities, exercise that you can do as you age, whereas a lot of the other sports, you can't do that. Swimming, you can do that throughout your lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned you went to the recent Pan Am Masters Games. How was that experience? So that was supposed to be in 2020 and we didn't have it until now this summer and we had over a thousand athletes there from the americas so it's called pan am aquatics now we have canada the u.s the central american countries the caribbean countries and the south american which is consonant and it was so nice to see so many people that, you know, we communicate via the internet, but seeing people in person and giving hugs and hanging out with people is just the best. And that's our swimming community. And I helped out with artistic swimming and diving and got to watch water polo. The facility in Medellin has nine pools. Wow. it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. They have actually 11, but two are teaching pools. It, so everything was all together except for open water. Wow. But the venue for open water in Guadalupe was beautiful too. Wow. Um, they did a fabulous job. Yeah, a facility that has that many pools. So everybody was together in one area, and that was spectacular. Wow. Well, I think FINA need to hold their world, world championships there so they can have everything in the one spot. That sounds great. Even though um, I went to Montreal and I know you said you did it as well, it was really tough, I thought, having to walk out to um, that portable pool that was in a car park in the middle of nowhere with no facilities. Um, the main pool was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, at least they let you alternate between men's and women's and swap them over. But, yes, if you were on every second day, you had that pool all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I swam in that pool too. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you have to realize when we have our master's championships, the numbers to accommodate yeah. is it's the largest aquatics event in the world is the world championship. So you're bringing together thousands of athletes together from all over the world. Yes. It's a phenomenal experience in an event, but at the same time, logistically to host an event yes. is a big challenge. Yes. Yeah, I was just blown away by the amount of people that there were in Montreal. That's the only one I've been to. But um, yes, it's, it is it is a huge, a huge endeavor. Yes, especially logistically and having all the sports together, the, all the disciplines when we, you know. Well, I mean, this is a good segue into FINA and how, well, first of all, how did you get involved in swimming admin? Well, I went to the what we call our LMSC, our local, which is the state of Illinois championships. And they needed somebody to be the sanctions chair for our local master's community. And somebody asked me and I said, okay. So then I did that. Then I was vice chair. Then I was chair. Then I became a zone director, then a board director and vice president, president, <laughs> I was part of the Pan Am Aquatics, our continental representation for FINA. And then just recently in July, I was appointed to be on the FINA committee for masters. And then we're selected as chairperson. <laughs> so is that that's a competition committee that you're on? Yes. It's, a, it's considered a technical committee of FINA. So our responsibilities are the Masters Championships and also to help grow aquatics in the world for Masters. Um, so we're trying to do both right now where I form subcommittees for the FINA Masters Committees, which is five the five disciplines. So we have technical committees of FINA, but each discipline is represented in the Masters community. So... It's it's a challenge, but it's been exciting, and we're moving forward. And um, the previous chair, Mel Goldstein, and Ed Evely from Everly uh, from Canada, has done a tremendous job in setting the groundwork for this event. And we're moving forward with the plans that they have. Yeah. So, do they? You have a strategic plan that you follow that is um, sort of looking forward for a few years, or is it a year by year type situation? By a quad, but our term is only three years due to COVID, and so FINA has a, a strategic plan online, and we try to follow that. And our goal is to develop masters. So, by growing the sport, um, we're going to try to develop different events and things like that for more participation, not necessarily just focusing on the competitive aspect, but even growing the sport through education and other aspects. Oh, okay, that's really interesting. And they tried to do the platforms, and I think it worked out well during COVID. And we're, I think they're going to continue that. It'll be nice to see. And Pan American Aquatics is continuing that for coaches and athletes. So, you know, COVID had some, you know, pluses on that aspect that people became more connected that way where people can't necessarily travel. It costs a lot of money because masters are self-funded. 
they're not funded by any government or aquatic NGB. We're all self-funded, so it's expensive, but we want to connect with everybody across the world. So figuring out that aspect and trying to grow the sport, even within everybody's own federation country to grow the sport there is a start. Yes. Yeah. How often do you meet as a committee? Um, we're meeting pretty frequently right now just to know each other and move forward and making decisions and just understanding what our responsibilities are. Um, that's one of the things that we laid out that we have now roles and responsibilities defined. It was in the bylaws, but they're more defined, clearly defined and working together as a group in subcommittees as we move forward. Here's a sort of a an out of the blue question. Um, what are the chances of them putting a FINA Masters short course championship after, so where I live in Melbourne, we've got the FINA short course coming here in December. Um, I just wondered, is there gonna be a Masters competition down the road that will come onto the back of that short course world championship that is not on our docket right now (laughs) figure out just get to fukuoka and move forward with that that's a big challenge right now um because we have a lot of new committee members in regards to moving forward into the masters community um and that's what we're striving to make sure our event is a success and moving forward and it's been exciting to work with the organizing committee and the FINA office who is taking the lead on a lot of these um, aspects and giving us direction um so it's very nice that we we know it's going to happen so (laughs) we just got the calendar out so yes yes and they've even put out a competition schedule so it looks like it's happening yes that's what I mean. I'm just so excited that the dates are secured and we're moving forward. The facilities are great and, you know, just trying to get the preparation part done for the event. So, yes, it, it looks like it would be a great venue. So, um, yes, I hope to see you there. I will be there and I hope you'll be there too. <laughs> hope so. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a bit of a talk about your work as a physio. How do you balance working as a physio, doing your own training, doing your swim coaching, looking after your daughter, having family life? How do you fit it all together? You manage. You tend to be a little bit more organized when you have all these aspects and things that are going on in your life. Um, My calendar tends to be full, but, you know, my parents instill in us. That's why my brother was a politician. We were a servant and we put people first, you know, sometimes we put ourselves on the back burner because like my model when I was president is members first. My brother put people first in his community And that's what we do as servant leaders in striving to make things better for other people. At the same time, it makes us better and realize what we have too. And I don't know, it makes, it's nice. I don't feel that I lose anything in that aspect because of the rewards of helping others are more rewarding sometimes to me. Um, so I don't mind 
the sacrifices. Um, I do sometimes miss me, my daughter's games or swim meets or something like that, but she understands when she was younger, she travels and she thinks it's exciting actually more than, <laughs> and she, she also listens on some of my calls sometimes when I'm on board meetings and then afterwards she'll comment about certain aspects. So it, it was pretty an eye-opening experience and it puts things in perspective for her too. And she does a lot of mission stuff through our church. And she understands that part, giving back, you know, and putting what God gave us as skills to help others. And so it's nice. Yeah, that is nice. And with your work as a physio, what, what's, I know you're in private practice. Do you see many swimmers in your work? Um, I have local swimmers but I also have swimmers that travel and then I also talk to some swimmers via zoom now it makes it a little bit easier that way um than emailing and talking on the phone you could actually communicate and you know modify things it's better when they come into the clinic I worked with triathletes too um but it's not something that I do daily it's more as they are patients. They, I mean, I had people drive two and a half hours for a consult or something, and then I keep track of them and they email me back and forth, but they come here and I just evaluate them. And then I also do video analysis. They send me videos of their strokes. Um, and then I can analyze that a little bit easier. They'll tell me, you know, what's going on in regards if they have shoulder problems and majority of the time it's the mechanics that are causing it because it's so repetitive for swimming but also weaknesses in their shoulder blade muscles and their core and things like that or the, I have triathletes that just plain overdo it and don't give their body a rest <laughs> and you're like your body's telling you something you really need to rest and take time off and heal instead of just trying to work through it you know there's it's not no you know no pain, no gain attitude anymore. You have to listen to your body, especially as you age. You have one body. <laughs> you, you can't exchange it. You can get total joints and stuff, but you know, it's your body. You have to live with it. <laughs> so exactly. take care of it. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. But yeah, modifying people's workout schedules, um, checking their flexibility as we age. That's you know, important. Yoga is a wonderful thing to do um, to improve your mobility and then work on your stability and strength. You know, when you're in the water, it's not like being on land. You're in an unstable environment. So you have to really be aware of your core and what your arms and legs are doing because they counteract what your body's doing and your neck. So I actually see quite a few neck injuries, not per se, not neck injuries, neck strains and pains from swimming because they keep their head up. I mean, if I kept my head up all the time, my neck would be sore too. But, you know, so it's, it's not just the shoulders and things. So, but, you know, you want people to try to be as pain-free and sometimes you just say, you know, you're just going to have to use a snorkel. You can't compete with the snorkel, but just keeping them in the water is a wonderful thing. People that have back injuries, I have patients that didn't swim when they're younger, 
you know, stop swimming and then they have a back injury, go get in the pool, you know? So it's nice. Are you um, a big fan of um, like pre-activation before you swim, before you do any training? Do you, do you sort of recommend using TheraBands and doing that kind of work before you hop in? I call it dynamic. Yes, because, well, see, this is an interesting thing. And this happened also, I think it, people became more aware of it during COVID when you had limited pool time. So people had to do their warmups before they got into the pool and get the core work of the main sets in the pool. And then they're done because of the time constraints and stuff and realize that it didn't hurt them to do those things. And if you go to a master's meet, a lot of times you're just sitting around. <laughs> so it's best to learn to do the dynamic and the dryland and the activation in getting your shoulder stabilizers. And it's not static stretches, it's dynamic stretches to warm up your muscles and to be able to swim fast because you want it to twitch faster. So static stretches, you're not doing anything to activate any muscles. So by doing that, you're actually warming them up properly for the event you're trying to do. So I think that's another good thing that happened with COVID because people balked at it a lot. And I think that they're starting to realize there is scientific data to support it, but it wasn't a trend. You know, people like trends and then they get hooked on trends and they think that's the best thing, but everybody's built differently. Some people need longer warm-ups to stretch out and do the static and the yoga poses and stuff before they do the dynamic. So it just depends on the body type and the aging process and what they can do. You know? And it's a bit of trial by error, really, isn't it? You've got to figure out what's right for you. Correct. As you age, that's the key thing versus when you're younger, they can be on a standardized program in regards to going through the growth spurt. They tend to be more flexible, more agile, yes. their body awareness, they can gain that their stability, they can gain that their kinesthetic awareness is a lot better than us. <laughs> as adults. We tend to lose that a little bit as we age, just because of our joint structures and, you know, our muscle tones and stuff, but we can adapt to it. We're capable of adapting to a lot of changes. And that's more where we stand as adults is adapting to the stresses, the new stresses on our bodies. And what's your, what's your sort of tip in improving flexibility for master swimmers? PNF stretches is basically almost keyword, I just say dynamic, where you're actually moving and stretching, which is better. Yes. Um, for flexibility, I like yoga. I like the yoga. Places. For swimmers, you, there's no limit. Plus, you can do chair yoga. If you can't get on the ground, you can do chair yoga. I did chair yoga classes during COVID for some of my mom's friends in Hawaii and for my parents, because, you know, with them being inactive, the incidence of falls and you know, decreased mobility and conditioning skyrocket. So doing something like that on a daily basis made a huge difference. And it helped actually helped me become more flexible. I'm not a very flexible person. <laughs> I can't touch my toes, sorry. <laughs> but no, but I mean, yoga, just even doing it 30 minutes, 10 minutes, anything like that, every morning before I get out of bed, I have to do stretches else I barely get out of bed. <laughs> 
So it's very helpful to do some type of things, you know, to stretch on a daily basis, even if you don't swim. Yeah, absolutely. I feel I feel like when you've been sitting down for a, a, you know a long time and you get up, you feel quite stiff until you start moving around. So it makes a lot of sense that dynamic stretching is is um, the way to go and, and more important for swimmers too. Yes. Well, you you know people work at a desk all day long. The static position, yes, the static positions are just as bad as the repetitive positions because you're not getting the nutri- nutrients into your joint. So any type of movement, not staying in a static position for, you know, more than 15, 20 minutes and just doing a shoulder roll or, you know, chin tuck or moving, you know, squeezing your shoulder blades back to get away from that hunched position every day, tightening up your stomach, just squeeze tightening up your stomach or squeezing your buttocks is something so simple that takes seconds to do throughout the day. You can do it if you're at a standing job, at a sitting job, any position. You can even do it in bed. But those types of things energize the muscles and also work on your posture. Yeah, there's so there's so much to learn and to, and to bring on board. And I think when you hear lots of information, it's good to figure out as as you say what what works for you. And I love I love yoga and um and activation exercises for swimmers and i would love to see more people on the pool deck doing those things because i think they're really important even even at a competition sometimes you don't always have the chance to get back in for another warm-up so even doing those kind of activation activities before your next swim is really important yes exactly and especially when you're at a call room for a half an hour before yeah. 400 free right yes yes doing something like that makes a huge difference because that is your warm-up and training that way understanding that there might not be a warm-up or warm-down pool and getting it part of your routine your body adapts to it and you're able to swim faster and also protect your joints and your muscles that way yes absolutely i know i think when you go when you travel and you go to different competitions you've got to be prepared for that because it's not always going to be mm-hmm. the sort of the the regular thing that you have at your own pool that you train at all the time and you can control the variables and I think that's, you know, that's what's good about traveling and challenging yourself at these different meets. You get to figure out what to do on the road per se. Yes. Even when you travel within your federation country, the food is different in different places and they might not have your favorite restaurant or your food or your pre-competition meal. Be prepared, you know, take your snacks and be hydrated and stuff. But it's also important for the warm-up and the prep work before you compete is just as much as your nutrition. Now, everyone that comes on the podcast, I like to ask them the deep dive five, which is five quick questions just about your swimming, gives us a bit of a snapshot. So what is your favorite pool that you've ever swum in? My favorite pool? auditorium in Indianapolis. I in 84 and we still hold nationals there and they've held multiple olympic trials there so i i think the natatorium is my favorite pool in indianapolis indiana okay that sounds nice what's your favorite pre-training snack <laughs> m&ms or reese's peanut butter cups <laughs> you can always find me with chocolate <laughs> what about your favorite pre-activation exercise just give us one 
swinging my arms and legs and, you know, in a cross pattern, in a PNF pattern. I don't use bands because if I forget it one time, it's, you know, important to just even do it without the bands. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I like to do that too. Favorite training drill? I like to do IM drills. So I like to do a variety of drills. For fly, I just like to do just undulation, pressing and releasing and just, and it's a short axis drill. For freestyle, backstroke, long axis, long axis combo. Um, I do use paddles, even for people that have shoulder problems and pull boys, just because of the body position. People think pull boys are bad, but it actually takes less stress on the body and the shoulders because it brings their legs up. Um, and using the paddles, not as paddles, but as more on the forearm to hold it and actually teach them to use the paddle correctly. So they're actually holding it like this on their arm here, and they're holding the paddle to grab the water. So that's helpful with that. So, oh, okay. That's an interesting one. Yeah. And what's your favorite training set? Oh, everybody thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> I like 10, 400 irons. <laughs> All right. Do you know, do you know okay. Because it, you can get it done in a short amount of time. Okay. Listen, it's not. Only 400 IMs. I'm an IMer. I love IM. I, you know, I love distance and everything. So that's why I say I like that. Um, for 10, 400 IMs, the first one is just kick swim by 25s. You can do 12 and a half. You don't have to swim the whole weight fly. Trust me, I can't probably do a 50 meter fly right now. <laughs> I have to build up. And then the next one is drill swim, and then you swim swim. But if you can't swim, like if I can't swim the fly correctly, I'll add in right arm, left arm in between and try to do, you know, three strokes fly, maybe freestyle. And but back breast and free, there's no excuse for not swimming it and then doing it all the way. But the 10th one, you build the each hundred of each stroke working, you know, build 50 and maintain it. So it's actually a 400 IM. But by the 10th 400 IM, you should be in shape, right? <laughs> well, yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you should be able to do the 400 IM. But I love that. I've done it since I was a child. And I really like it because it's it entertains you a little bit. You can change it up and do different things with it. So and it works all your body parts in regards to each stroke, you use a different muscle. So it gives you a good workout. Yeah. How much rest do you take in between each repeat? Um, not that much. Usually like yeah. 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. You can add, you know, fast, easy, easy, fast when it within it too. So you can change it up as much as you want. But it is 10, 400. It sounds drooling, but it is really <laughs> it fun. It is. <laughs> you can wear fins, but it is True. fun. Yes. Yeah. This, I've already asked you five questions, but I wanted to ask you just another one. Do you prefer short course yards or um, meters? Long course. Yes. Long course. Meter. I am yeah. vertically challenged. <laughs> Meaning I am 5'2 with shoes on. I have the worst turns ever. So I really, really like long course. And I love open water. Being from Hawaii, I love doing open water. I don't do it as much. But I do love open water as, and it's, it's, you're just so free and, you know, 
not a sprinter at all. <laughs> it takes me a while to get going. <laughs> it's event done. What do you mean it's done? <laughs> will, will you swim the open water in Japan next year as well as the pool events? No, no. I won't be swimming at Fukuoka. I'll be helping manage. Oh, you'll be helping event. manage. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But I'm looking forward to watching all the competitors. <laughs> I, I like to spectate too. I do go to a lot of meets to just watch and volunteer. So I don't mind that. It's very exciting for me to watch people swim. And it's very inspiring to watch masters swim. It really is. And hearing everybody's stories that they have and how they started swimming as adults and learning to swim, you know, overcoming injuries. It's it's fascinating. And are so inspiring when they're swimming when they're in their hundreds and 90s and 80s i've got two um lovely gentlemen at my swimming club they're both i think 85 and 86 and they're still you know training and motivated and racing and weight breaking world records and just so inspiring yes it's so lovely i mean that's what's so great about aquatics you can do it for your lifetime and even watching people dive, the 80 plus year olds diving off the platform. I don't like diving off the blocks and they're diving off the platforms. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, Nadine, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and giving us a bit of a snapshot into your swimming journey and best wishes for everything going forward with FINA. And I think they're doing a great job and let's hope that there's a, a great Fukuoka championships next year. Yes, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for promoting Masters. That's part of it. Like I said, you know, you're pro promoting our sport. And I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Nadine. I feel like the representation of Masters swimming within FINA is in really good hands. We have lots of exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks. So make sure you follow us on the podcast platform you listen on or on Facebook and Instagram so that you know when a new episode is uploaded. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.